Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. The panel. And Ben Strang with us this morning. Uh, Ben, good morning to you. Uh, All Black squad named yesterday, All Black 15 squad named today. Uh, What did you make of uh, Ian Foster's tried and true look yesterday? Yeah, it's all the same guys who've been rotated through the team for the past 12 months or so, isn't it? So, uh, you know, minus the injuries, of course. But I guess for me, ahead of the World Cup, I I wasn't that inspired. I would have hoped there was maybe a a couple of bolters to look at. I guess that's the point of the All Blacks 15. Um, I guess the flip side of of being a little disappointed with there being no sort of bolters in that mix is that it's hard to know who they would pick from. I don't think the quality in the NPC has been all that great. Uh, I've talked to quite a few ex-players and coaches and they're not all that impressed by the product so um, it's hard to know who else they would have picked but yeah, it's going to be a decent squad and uh, I'll be hopeful to see them develop their game a bit more under, under these coaches. Cool. I'll come back to you on that point, Ben, actually, about the NPC uh, very shortly. But, uh, Richard, what, what did you make of uh, that squad and uh, what are you expecting today? Anything um, anything out of this world headline-raising? Um, uh, yeah, probably more interested in the, in the All Blacks 15 squad, really, isn't it? It was all very predictable what Foster would name for the All Blacks squad. Uh, nothing there that really blew our minds. Probably Roger Tuovasa-Shek. I mean, he had to be there, but that would have, the waters would have got a bit murky, murkier if um, the likes of Jack Goodhue or uh, Tupaya had been fit. But I, I think with the, the All Blacks 15 squad, it'll be very interesting who he throws in there. Uh, you know, I, I heard you mentioning earlier in the show the likes of uh, Brad Weber, you know, guys like him going to be in there, TJ Piranara. Those old heads, are they going to be around for those sort of games uh, to, to provide a bit of stability. I mean, Ian Foster's already said that Damien McKenzie will be in the in that, that sort of, I suppose, B squad. Angus Ta'aval, if he's going to be fit. That's what's going to be probably interesting for me is what those guys are going to give the younger ones that have come through and how many Foster is going to bring through from the NPC. And I would like to see him chance his arm a wee bit, give some of those guys a crack that we haven't seen on the in the international scene. And the other interesting thing he, he did say last night I saw in Sky Sport was that he was going to look to mix and mingle a wee bit. So if he's going to bring some All Blacks into that All Black, uh, the AB's 15 squad, the B squad, how many he will do that? He said he's, he's going to look perhaps to do that after the Japan test in Tokyo. Um, to me, that will give us an indication of, of where he's, he's looking ahead for the, for the big test against England. Um, 
And I, I think what is crucial more than anything is uh, that test against Japan. We do need to see Ian Foster chance his arm a bit. He has to give guys like two of us a shake of start. Sakatava at halfback. Pirafita just has to start. And you presume that'll be at number 10. Even guys like Braden Enor. I mean, we haven't seen much of him at all this year. So I'd like to see him put his conservative hat away a wee bit and put some of these younger guys who just haven't seen much of this year and give them a run and just show some trust against Japan. Um, that, that's probably going to be pretty important as we look ahead to the World Cup, which is only 11 months away. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, we've uh, we've got Richard Nola and Ben Strang with us this morning. Ben, just going back to the NPC, so um, what are people not seeing in the NPC that they would like to see? Are, that, are they they're just not seeing the skill factor or the power factor? Um, or or the skill, absolutely. The, a, yeah, okay. It's all of the, all of the above, but I think... Um, New Zealand rugby players seem to, well, compared to the Northern Hemisphere, there seems to be a lack of size in some of the positions, and that's not always something that you can do. We used to make up for that with skill, um, but the skill level seems to have dropped off. The high-performance nature of the NPC, you know, where it was doesn't seem to be at the same level. That's probably a little bit down to coaching, from what I'm being told, the fact that, you know, there's only so many great coaching jobs in New Zealand, so people are going overseas. So the depth in coaching, the depth in players isn't necessarily there. But, you know, when you look at some of the performances at NPC level, if you're an All Blacks coach, how many guys are you actually seeing who you think are performing or, or could perform at an All Black level? I, d I don't think there's many there, let alone Super Rugby level at times. Uh, yeah, just some of the, some of the skills are, are certainly letting players down. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Ben Strang with us this morning, as is uh, Richard Nola and Richard uh, Eden Park at the weekend. Uh, it, it promised. In your mind, did it deliver? Uh, yes, yes, it did. Um, look, I know there's been a fair bit of commentary um, about the gaps in the crowd for when the Black Ferns played in their fixture against the Aussies. Um, you know, because you know the Rugby World Cup organisation, they, they said it was going to be a, a sellout, and everyone expected a, basically a, a stadium and it's going to be chocker. But to have 34,000 people there over the entire day, to me, is still uh, excellent because I, my understanding is that surpassed what they had for the entire attendance for the previous tournament that they had in Dublin and Belfast. So it's quite remarkable how the whole. Um, extravaganza has picked up and what has been done and I mean I wasn't at the game but I imagine for those people that were there it must have been quite an occasion to see the Black Ferns play in front of a crowd like that given I mean here in Christchurch probably let's say six weeks ago when the Black Ferns played Australia there was only about three and a half thousand people here and I know it's probably a miserable cold day in, in our stadium <laughs> which is pretty modest and, you know, it may not have been the, the greatest day to go out. But then to turn around and play of tens of, kind of tens of thousands of people at Eden Park, uh, yeah, it was it was a great occasion. And for also for the Black Ferns to surge back from being down 17 points, it sort of just added to the occasion. It showed that they had some real metal. Um, I mean, Australia, I was very impressed with some of those tries they scored. And I know the Black Ferns made some, you know, fumbles and they looked very nervy early on, but they really... Really showed some tenacity, and their execution, I think, will get better throughout the tournament. And yeah, I think it's building for good things to come. And it's off to a terrific start. I just can't see how that 
yeah, put it this way, I'd really like to see the Black Ferns just get better and better and surge and let's just hope they can do enough to get through the, you know, past the big guns and, and make it into the final. Well, Ben, they were a bit uh, wonky, a bit shoddy to start with and um, not many sides in World Cup rugby come back from uh, that kind of a deficit. Um, I, I, I would imagine they'll be pretty, pretty thrilled with the last hour of their performance. But what about uh, the spectacle and, and the performance from your point of view? Yeah, uh, just in terms of the, the crowd, I mean, yeah, it is difficult when it was sort of hyped up as being a sellout and there was, there was 6,000 short or whatever it was, but 34,000, 35,000 for a women's uh, rugby game, for a women's sporting event in general in New Zealand, I think is fantastic. It's it's amazing. And more than that, I was talk, you know, a colleague of mine flew from Wellington to Auckland, made a, a weekend trip just to go and watch the games and said it wasn't so much, I mean the atmosphere was amazing but it was the demographics of the people there too, I mean you've got a lot of women and girls, uh, families going along who were really invested in what was going on on the field, uh, sometimes in an All Blacks game people can tune out, you know, um, you've got Mexican waves, all they expect is a win, uh, for this they were really invested in the players, uh, the personalities in that team which I think is um, really exciting for the Black Ferns. In terms of the performance, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a little bit scary early on for Australia uh, to, to be doing so well. But uh, to come back like that, like you said, I think shows a lot of guts and determination from the team and is really a platform that they can go forward with. They should now, uh, you know, dominate their group and, and head into the next stage. But looking at uh, the performance of England and France, they do look pretty polished. So it's going to be pretty difficult when we come up against those sides. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure whether we've, uh, we've answered those questions that were, you know, were, were lingering, um, Ben, after, you know, the end of the last year. And, and that, that the, the real talking point, of course, is can we match it physically up front uh, with England and France? And we, we really won't know till the day, will we? No, no, absolutely. And without having played them since last year, without um, that sort of consistency of... Of, of playing at that sort of level, it's very difficult to know. Um, just the internal sort of trainings, the games against Australia, uh, I, I guess there were some warning signs in that second game that we played Australia in that um, series, was it last month, that it was much closer than we would have expected. We sort of expected to thrash Australia and that didn't happen. So the way that Australia came out and, and played so well in that first half is... Um, yeah, it's hard to know if that's a sign of Australia improving or if we're not quite where we need to be to challenge those two big teams. Yeah, I just wonder whether we got stuck in the headlights a wee bit with, you know, finally realising that uh, instead of playing second fiddle, they were the big show. Uh, and it just took them a while to, to regroup after the emotion of the anthem, the haka and everything else that was going on, whether, whether they just lost focus uh, initially, but they got it back uh, when they needed to. So that was a really cool sign. Uh, Richard... Uh, of course, if you weren't watching uh, women's rugby or NPC over the weekend, you probably would have been watching Bathurst, which was um, Holden's finale, of course, but uh, it was yet another success for Shane Van Gisbergen. Yeah, yeah, it's great, isn't it? Um, you, yeah, you, it's great to see getting a lot of media exposure and just what we should do probably to celebrate our motorsport drivers, uh, the people who achieve so much. Uh, for Van Gisbergen, you know, it's a great story. I see that his father was over there. He was unable to, to be there a couple of years ago when he won the title for, due to COVID. Um, it's a good story. And it's, it's probably shown, to, you know, the wider light again, once again, 
on our achievements in motorsport, where they're talking like Scott McLaughlin, Scott Dixon, Liam Lawson, Brendan Hartley. I know he's not in F1 anymore, but just the achievements these guys do. And, and forget Van Gersbergen, it's, um, yeah, it's a good story. And I'm not a massive motorhead. But, uh, and I did have to cover rugby yesterday. I was working in the office, but I, the guys at work were flicking across to watch Bathurst, and it's that sort of sort of event. It just it, it sucks people in, even even though they're not into into motorsport as such or, or real petrol heads. It's a it's a, a sort of event that, that get people just get drawn to, and and he just seems a good ambassador for the sport as well. It's, there's just a lot I liked about the story. You know, the interesting thing about this too, Ben, is years and years and years, while he's been brilliant in IndyCar, people have been saying Scott Dixon should be a Halberg winner. Uh, all of a sudden we've got another candidate here, and I'm not saying Scott Dixon was poor this year, but Van Gisbergen's been unbelievably good. Uh, and do we do motorsport get a look in this time round with him? Yeah, perhaps. I mean, yeah, it has been the eternal question about Scott Dixon, who is one of the best race car drivers in the world. Um, I guess New Zealanders possibly don't quite appreciate how good IndyCar is. If, if he'd been doing it in Formula One, maybe they'd understand it. But um, yeah, the, the performances this year from Shane Van Gisbergen have been absolutely incredible. The, the, the performance at Pukekohe obviously stands out because he, he won both races. The second, you know, coming from eighth or, or wherever it was through the field was outstanding. Um, this race was fantastic because. Uh, Weather and safety cars obviously played a, a part. The, you know, what was it, six safety cars in the first 60-odd laps. So it was very stop-start. But when there was a couple late on and Van Gisbergen had been so far ahead and then basically had to fight the field again, which um, always adds excitement in motor racing. That was, um, it just showed how good he was, though, that he's able to, to pull clear, manage the race. Uh, as far as Helbergs, you know, it's... There is no other way, I suppose, of, of honouring guys like this for their performance. Uh, so, so yes, he, he should absolutely be in the mix. I don't think he probably cares that much. Uh, personally, he's, he's probably happy to be taking these titles. But the, the thing I wonder is, when we do have such great motor racing stock, um, Marcus Armstrong would be the other one in F2. Uh, Richard, uh, is can we can we bring more motor racers to New Zealand? We we have great crowds when we do have big events. Obviously, Pukekohe's gone. It'll probably go to Hampton Downs for for the supercars. But is it possible for New Zealand to, to bring more events here to, to have some big motor races? Because we've got fantastic drivers. We've got fantastic supporters. It'd be it'd be remarkable if we could um, we could bring some more races here. Yep, well, it would be fantastic. You're right. Um, and, and as you say, they're extremely, extremely well supported. And that goes for... Uh, the, the World Rally Championship just recently held as well. Hey, Ben, thank you very much uh, for your contribution to the panel this morning. As to you, uh, Richard, Richard Nola, um, very good insights there into to what you believe. Uh, so thank you, and we'll have another panel same time tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.